Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. Uh, finally starting to dry out Alpharetta. <laughs> uh, but uh, folks, if you've got a, a soggy banking relationship uh, with a big mega bank, and you know what I mean by that, uh, where you can't get a real live human being on the phone, uh, I would invite you to give Renaissance Bank a try. Based on my own experience with Renaissance, they're big enough to handle pretty much any need that I've been able to throw at them, but small enough to do it in a personal way. Um, and I think that's a pretty good combination and way to do business as a bank. So if that's something you're looking for, go to renaissancebank.com, find their local office, uh, one near you, some 200 across the Southeast and give them a call. And I think you'd be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you member FDIC. And now I want to welcome John Hanning and Brian Wages. Uh, John and Brian are with the specialty tax group. John, Brian, welcome. Good, good to be here. Hey, it's great to have both of you. Uh, let's give everyone a little introduction to your firm. How are you helping folks out there? Yeah, so Specialty Tax Group is designed to uh, do all of the other things that maybe your CPA doesn't do, right? So credits and incentives, those kinds of things that uh, allow you to um, gather gather cash or help drive it down income. So you said uh, – our CPA does not do, which I'm sure has caught some attention out there from our, our listeners. Why is it that C, our um, uh, hometown CPA, why don't they do this work? Well, generally speaking, um, you know, a CPA is, is a generalist, right? They're, they're there to help you with your auditor, help you with your, your tax needs. Um, now, they're becoming more and more specialized, but uh, they don't know the very in-depth, narrow uh, lane of, you know, cost segregation or research development credits, uh, green energy credits. That's where we come in. Mm. Uh, we know a sliver of the tax code, but we know it really, really, really well. So, uh, we come along, uh, traditional CPAs and partner with them, uh, to, to help deliver on these credits and incentives for their clients. Let's, let's start with something elementary here. Um, what is a tax credit? I mean, let's let's define what that specifically is and what that means for the cash flow of the business. Sure, I can take that one. Yeah. Uh, tax credit is, when we say tax credit, we're talking about a statutory uh, tax credit, which is within the tax code that if a business does a certain activity, they're eligible to receive a dollar-for-dollar dollar credit against their income tax liability. Mm-hmm. So it's it's applied directly against uh, taxable what taxes that are due basically dollar for dollar. Correct. Yes, that sounds like a pretty good deal. <laughs> uh, the question is just finding these tax credits. So uh, between the two of you, John Brian, you mentioned cost segregation, R and D tax credits, green energy tax credits. Is there anything else we need to be thinking about that well, y'all deal with? Georgia is one of the best states in the country for tax credits. So mm -hmm. there are a number of programs specific to the state of Georgia uh, that are, are great programs that 
most businesses need to be looking at for doing regular business activities, such as training their employees, adding headcount, being located in a specific area, investing in machinery. There's so many, so many programs within Georgia that some other, most other states don't have. Wow. Why is Georgia so special in that regard? Nicely special in that regard. So they're, they're trying to attract businesses Mm -hmm. to this area. Uh, And if you've noticed so many uh, large companies locate here based on a lot of these programs. You know, you have uh, the Porsche headquarters in Atlanta, uh, the the many the Rivian uh, mm-hmm. plant that's that's you know caused some debate in in the in the news sure. that's coming into East Atlanta. So so many companies come here, and the reason is for these credits and incentives. Right, and that those apply just to state taxes that are paid. Correct. There are some federal programs as well. Um, you know, we we do a, a few of those uh, programs, the federal programs, but the ones that uh, we see a good bit of are, are the Georgia tax credits. Yes. Well, let's let's kind of uh, tick these off. Maybe we can start with uh, cost segregation, uh, John. That's your area, I know. So, talk a little bit about what is cost segregation. Yeah, thanks for that. It is my life's work over twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, tax. Uh, if you own a lot of bricks and sticks, you've you've got a, a company that owns a lot of real estate. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just a manufacturer and you own a lot of real estate. Um, there is a, an opportunity for cost segregation. Cost segregation is to helping to front load allowable depreciation um, to maybe the first five years or the first fifteen years, uh, so you're not having to take it over thirty nine or. 27 and a half years. Mm. We're not creating any additional deductions. What we're doing is front loading those allowable deductions from a time value money concept. If I can help you drive down today, current income, um, you can take that cash flow and put it into the next deal up against a discount rate or a rate of return. The time value money concept lets you know that, Hey, look, that's a better deal for me. A dollar today is a whole lot more worth a whole lot more to me than a dollar thirty nine years from now. Let's give us maybe a specific example. So I'm a business. I own my own building. Um, maybe it's a plant, manufacturing plant. Let's say. Um, talk about where cost segregation may come into play for me. Yeah. So we actually we do quite a bit of work for for manufacturing plants. So that's a good example. Okay. So uh, it perhaps maybe this manufacturer owns their own real estate. They they purchased that real estate, and um, maybe it's a huge campus. It's got multiple different uh, uh, buildings on it. Uh, what we can do is we can come in and understand what was purchased and then apply a different uh, recovery period to those assets. So for example, uh, the bricks and the sticks, the concrete, the roof, the walls, those might be long life assets in a commercial property. It's 39 years, mm-hmm. but they also might have assets that are machinery um, maybe it's, there's a lot of plumbing and or electrical to hook, you know, to help run that machinery, um, carpeting blinds and an office space. Um, all of that is personal property. And so we come in and value, uh, determine a value for those assets and accelerate that property, uh, under the allowable tax code. Ah, so instead of, um, you know, let's say, a. uh, I'm just making this figure up, you know, a, a building that's, uh, you know, a $10 million building, let's say, right. Um, with all the 
accoutrements that you would expect, plumbing uh, <laughs> and some basic things like that. What you're saying is everything that comprises that building, not all of it has the same useful life. Correct. And, and so basically you're taking that $10 million and breaking it out among all these different components of that building. Did yes. I get that right? You got it right. Cause okay. So, so, so we're not CPAs that, that, that uh, perform cost segregation. We're engineers. Um, okay. And, and so those engineers uh, come in and take that $10 million overall cost, mm-hmm. uh, carve non-depreciable land out, and whatever's remaining, uh, you know, they apply to uh, using nationally recognized costing models to uh, recreate what is actually there. So, um, you know, this will get give us a little too much credit, but you know, we're, um, you know, we're good engineers cause we know how buildings are, are constructed mm-hmm. good attorneys because we know, uh, the tax law that, um, it, it needs to be applied, uh, to make these positions or take these positions. And then, you know, this is all a function of tax. So right. you know, we're not CPAs, but we've, we have a pretty good understanding of, uh, you know, how this is all going to flow through, um, the different, uh, tax laws, um, or that, you know, the, drive down the tax income, uh, how it's going to play out. And you, but you've just explained John, why CPAs don't do this work, right? Because they're not engineers. So you're, you're not a CPA, but they're not an engineer. So therefore they don't have the expertise to come in and do what you can do. Yeah. And and we can't do what they do, right? Yeah, uh, right. To give, right. Uh, to give them credit for sure. sure. Um, so yeah, we come alongside them just to kind of shore up some of those, those specialty areas. Right. And so, I would assume the cost segregation comes in, you know, in this, again, this $10 million building example over the years, I make, um, uh, add, add to the plant. I, uh, maybe refurbish part of it. I do all these different things that change the, the individual components of that building. Yep. So you bring up a good point. So we're transaction based, right? You may acquire something, maybe you renovated something, maybe Mm -hmm. you, uh, had a brand new ground up uh, facility. All of those transactions are an opportunity for cost segregation. So the first thing we'll ask a client is, you know, what is the transaction? Um, you know, when was it placed in service? How much was it? Um, if it's a significant amount of money, meaning about $500,000 or more, um, it could be an opportunity. If we'll also ask the question of, you know, are you going to hold on to this property mm-hmm. uh, for a little while? And they may say, well, yeah, sure, at least five years. Well, that's a good thing for us because the one of the formulas in the time value of money concept is, is time, right? Mm-hmm. So we need right. enough time to recover, um, you know, what those fees are paid. And so, um, yeah, so that's we, – we also want to make sure that they're making money. We don't want to create any additional deductions um, that they otherwise can't use, right? So, you know, if they're making money um, and we can use these additional deductions to offset that income – uh, to improve cash flow, this is look, looking like a really good opportunity. All right. John Hanning and Brian Wages are with us, folks. They are with Specialty Tax Group uh, right here in the Alpharetta area. So, uh, John, I, I guess what I'm just trying to think about what business owners would say as they listen to this. I mean, part of it is I think business owners, a lot of them are real risk averse when it comes to doing anything on their tax return that might get them audited. Right. Right. Uh, that, that's, that's no probably, a, no probably complaint. a theme you've heard too. Right. Right. So address that piece of it when it comes to cost segregation. Yeah. So cost segregation is, is different than any credit, right? This is a deduction. So mm-hmm. um, it's get the deduction now or, or 
forget it later, right? So it's a timing difference. Um, so these these aren't as scrutinized as maybe some of the other things out there. Um, also, too, it's been around for a long time. And when mm-hmm. I talked about case studies earlier, I mean, there's case law out there, um, you know, sig- significant case law out there that that goes through uh, why we're allowed to do what we're doing. So mm-hmm. we're not taking any um, risky gray area positions. We're just a- applying the tax law um, as it should be applied. So, um, you know, if a CPA, you know, learns that somebody built a building for 10 million bucks, uh, they might just stick it all in 39 year because they didn't have the expertise that we, we bring to the table. So right. there's, there's nothing that, um, it, and no cost segregation will trigger, uh, a, a an audit. So right. no fear there. So let's talk a little bit about just the, the cadence at which this kind of work ought to occur and what, what qualifies you. And I, I guess what I'm getting at is businesses out there are thinking, well, I don't have $10 million building. So like what, what's, what's the threshold at which this makes sense for me to engage in this work and hire you? We, we get that question a lot. I'll so, bet. Um, you know, with every, uh, credit incentive that we deliver on, we do a preliminary um, benefit estimate right out of the gate, uh, free of charge. Um, we just want to, we want to kick the tires on, on whether or not this is a good opportunity. Brian and I talk about, you know, we want to qualify it and then quantify mm-hmm. the opportunity. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll collect some data. We'll collect some information. Typically speaking, uh, we like to see a depreciable basis of $500,000 or more. Okay. Now we can go all the way back to 1987. Now, would we? Probably not. But so it's not just, you know, $500,000 of money that was placed in service this year, but maybe it was placed in service 10 years ago. Mm. We could go back and and capture those uh, additional deductions. Um, Would go back to 1987? Probably not. Because, you know, again, the time value of money concept says that we've lost the, um, the formula of time. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we would do is, um, you know, engage in, in a conversation with, you know, the bu- business owner or the, the, the CPA, understand exactly uh, what the opportunity is or isn't, uh, and then come back to them and let them know, hey, look, we think we can get you some additional deductions. Uh, here's the, the amount of those additional deductions. And then, you know, here's a fee with that. We use the example of manufacturing. Uh, any other industries that are particularly uh, uh, apt to be beneficiaries of cost segregation analysis? Well, uh, the best thing about cost segregation, it, it can apply to any and every industry. If you own a building um, and we're renovating a building, maybe you just own a, a, you know, a hair salon, but you renovated, um, you know, the, the rented space. Well, that's potentially a cost segregation. So, um, you know, it applies to every, every business that owns bricks and sticks. Um, where we see a lot is, you know, maybe the franchise business or multifamily developers. Those are, those are really good clients of ours. Um, you know, they are, their multifamily is, is going up left and right right now. Um, uh, similar to, you know, nursing homes or mm-hmm. assisted living facilities. Right. Um, you know, those are, those are really good clients of ours. We, again, we talked about manufacturing, you know, you gotta have a, a spot to, to manufacture the widget, uh, in, in oftentimes, um, those are pretty complex and pretty fruitful uh, yeah. for what we do. Yeah, that's terrific. 
So let's turn to Brian. Uh, Brian, I understand you R and D and green energy is right up your alley. So let's talk, let's turn and talk about uh, R and D tax credits. Obviously, that's research and development, but dive into that and explain what we're talking about that for business owners. Sure. Yeah. John brought me on to specialty tax group to build up our research and development tax credit Mm -hmm. business line. Uh, And what we look for in a company doing research and development, we're looking for new new or improved products or processes with a a level of innovation where the, the client is looking to increase performance, quality, reliability in that new product or process. And you're talking, I think when people hear those words, they hear research and development, they think technology, they automatically kind of default that way. Right. But we're not just talking about technology companies, are we? We're not. And, you know, similar to cost segregation, the, the type of industry that claims this credit the most are manufacturers, mm. 65% of the companies uh, that claim the R&D tax credit are manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Some other great industries, the technology, software development uh, type industry, they're great clients. They have a they have a whole department generally with the word development in their name. So they're they're great clients as well. You know, there's a few other industries uh, like the food science or breweries, distilleries, those type of companies are, are great clients and they make for a great site visit as well. i can see that um um i I can john i can see how you why you attracted brian to this position uh (laughs) uh, uh, i love it um well well let's i mean let's use a a brewery as an example brian so what what you go into a, a, a brewery and what are you looking for to figure out whether they're eligible for an r d tax credit being in North Atlanta, we have breweries popping up, you know, every few miles. Sure. And and what we're looking for in those breweries, they're always looking for a new a new formula for a new brew or a seasonal brew or really making improvements to existing brews. And uh, those those type of activities where they're trying out something, trying out a different formula and and testing it out, and you know maybe maybe it doesn't meet what they're looking for. So they go back to the drawing board, start the process all over. Those are the type of activities that we're, that we're looking for within a, a brewery specifically. Yeah. And it, is it similar to what the, I mean, I know these are two different, totally different things, cost segregation and R and D, but I'm just looking, asking from a process point of view, it sounds like what you're trying to do is break down the individual components of that expenditure, that capital, uh, development. Did, did, did I get that right? Right. So what, what we do is once we identify those activities mm-hmm. that qualify, we then we start looking at the cost involved in those activities. And there's right. really three types of costs that we can include in this credit. It's right. the, the first and largest generally is the internal employee wages of those employees that spent time on the R&D credit or R&D activities. Then the supplies. So think uh, a, a prototype in a manufacturing facility. Those those supplies or materials used to create that prototype, that cost can be included. And then the last bucket are contract uh, costs. So if you outsource any part of the R&D process, 65% of those costs can be included. Mm. And what are the issues in terms of going back in time to figure out what you're eligible for? 
So you can go back up to three years, uh, amend your, the client can amend their tax return to claim mm-hmm. the credit and get a, a, a refund uh, on those years. Uh, there are f- some additional challenges trying to, any credit you claim, you want to substantiate it. You want to have that backup documentation. If you have contract costs, you want to make sure you have the invoice and receipt showing what that cost was for. Mm. So going back three years, sometimes companies don't have great record keeping. Uh, it's hard for them to uh, distinguish their different material costs. Was this for R&D or was it for our, our actual manufacturing so those types of challenges are are there for going back. You know, sometimes clients are digging through old bankers boxes looking for for receipts, and you know that's time that they probably don't want to be spending. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the the more companies get used to this credit, once they know what they're looking for, they can start coding those costs in their system differently, so they can run a simple report to pull those costs going forward. I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I was going to go next is, is do you provide companies help with how they can track these kind of expenditures and what they ought to be looking for so they don't have to go back in that banker's box? Absolutely. And as John said, uh, one of our first goals is to educate the client Mm -hmm. on not only what the credit is, how they can make this process easier for them as well as us. One of our biggest hurdles in, in doing these credits is getting that data from the client. It's it's sometimes hard for them to get it. They have a million other things to do just in their day-to-day job. Helping them make that an easy process is a big win for everybody. So let's turn to the green energy tax credit, Brian, and talk a little bit about what that is. So there are two different green energy incentives uh, that we're going to talk about today. One is the 179D deduction. And that is for commercial buildings. It's uh, it's based on three components, uh, building envelope, HVAC, and lighting. And the, that uh, deduction is $1.88 uh, per square foot. Now, there's recent uh, um, announcement in the Inflation Reduction Act that extended that this deduction uh, as well as made that benefit up to $5 per square foot. We're we're waiting. We're kind of in the the waiting period to find out what those guidelines are going to be. So our understanding is it might be more difficult for the client to get this deduction, but that five dollar per square foot is, is obviously much better than the dollar eighty eight. Yeah, for sure. For and then sure. the the other program is the forty five L commercial home builder mm-hmm. credit. So this is a, this is a credit, whereas the one seventy nine D was a deduction. The, the 45L is a $2,000 credit for the, des- the design and, and build of a, a residential uh, dwelling unit. So mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about uh, homes. We're talking about, you know, uh, apartments, uh, three stories or under. It's, it's based on a dwelling unit or, or, or doors. And that, that credit is $2,000 right now. And this is another one that was extended in the IRA uh, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, and that benefit could go up to five thousand uh, dollars per dwelling unit, um, starting in twenty twenty three. Oh wow! Um, and again, l- like the cost segregation uh, that John was talking about, um, this credit, both the green energy tax credit and the R and D tax credit, these are not credits that 
your uh, hometown CPA are familiar with all the intricacies of, I take it. Right. So, you know, that's kind of our, our business model of partnering with those CPAs, going out, perf- doing a lunch and learn to these CPAs. We can present, bring them lunch and go over the different programs and, and what to be on the lookout for. We, we call them triggers mm. for their clients. As And now's the perfect time to do that as, as we're coming up on, on the year end, but we can, we can show them what to be looking for when they're looking at what their client did for the year. Uh, those activities that to be on the lookout for, then they can bring us in. We can have a discovery call and talk about what went on and, and what the different benefits that could be available for them. Yeah. John Hanning and Brian wages are with us folks. Specialty tax group is their firm. Um, I'm just curious. It is just a list uh, listeners. I'm sure are wondering, so should I call my CPA or should I call you guys directly? I mean, how does this work? How you know, um, what's the, what's the protocol best way to do it? Either, either, uh, you know, okay. um, you know, if you reach out to us directly, um, you know, that's, that's a great thing. And, and we're going to be able to, you know, help you through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably ask very quickly, who is your CPA? So we can get them involved too. Right. Uh, we want to make sure that, you know, you know, a lot of these credits and incentives, you know, fold into um, their tax return. And so we want to make sure that the, um, the CPA is, is tipped off. Uh, so they're, you know, they, they, they get what they expect uh, at the end of the year. Um, but if they want to call their, their CPA directly too, um, you might have relation, we might already have a relationship with them. Um, so that, that's, that's a good thing too. And we're, of course, uh, North Fulton Business Radio. We've got a lot of folks, obviously, here in the North Fulton area that are listeners, but we've got uh, listeners around the country, and I assume geography doesn't really matter to you. Nope, not to us. You okay. know, like Brian said, you know, we, we they don't bring the brewery to us. We okay. go to the brewery. So, okay. um, yeah, we, we cover um, the entire United States. We've got a, a couple of folks that are uh, on the West Coast. We've got some folks in Florida, some folks in um, – Nashville, Tennessee, uh, as well as Ohio. So, uh, yeah, we we try to service uh, from those uh, geographic locations um, because that's where our clients are. As we wind down here, uh, John, Brian, I would love it if um, one or both of you maybe could share a success story. Uh, you don't have to use names, of course. You're in the business, the confidentiality business, but just a a, a, um, a situation where you feel really good about the what you were able to do for a client and uh, surprise them with uh, the, uh, a lot of good news in terms of what, uh, what, what happened out of their situation. Yeah. So I was doing a, uh, a site visit for uh, a client that was interested in the R and D tax credit. We always like to, to go uh, visit the facility in person mm-hmm. uh, just to get a better understanding of what's going on. Talk to the, the, the management, the, the individuals involved in the R and D in the R and D process. And as I was touring that facility, just through regular conversation with the, the CFO there, he mentioned a addition that they had done to their manufacturing facility. No one, no one knew about it other than, uh, you know, on our team or the referring partner didn't know about it. So just mm. through uh, regular conversation and, and going and visiting the client in person, not only were we able to capture the R and D tax credit, but cost segregation on that uh, addition to their facility as well. 
And, and that's one great thing about our, our services is a lot of them go hand in hand. Mm. You know, we, we mentioned manufacturers a good bit. There's, they check just about every box of services that we provide. Um, and so that we could, we like to say, we go in and see what opportunities are available. It could be one of our services, one, one type of deduction or, or credit or incentive, or it could be five, six. So uh, that was just a success story that I thought of immediately. Yeah, that's that. I love it. I love it. Well, John, you have anything to add to that? Or we, well, you know, honestly, I, I think I know that the client he's talking about it. Yeah. And the CPA referral that came back to us um, after this was all delivered on said, I have a feeling this client will never leave. And I said, why do you think that? You were just able to deliver on, you know, credits, deductions. You helped them through the process. You explain, you know, you explain things that they didn't even know uh, existed. You helped us, the CPA firm, uh, to um, make that a really sticky client, mm. and we're forever grateful. For, so, you know, to that to that end, I mean, you know, we're we're true business consultants. We we go in, and we're not just one track. You know, focused on narrowly focused. We understand the business model uh, and one want to understand what levers we might be able to pull for the client uh, so that they're getting the most uh, uh, out of their, their business credits and incentives that they can. Yeah. I was going to say, you really make the CPAs that look like heroes, right? I mean, you know, when they come in and say, Hey, I recommend we bring in STG to talk about uh, this particular credit or a cost segregation analysis or whatever. And then they get the news out of that. You're making them look like heroes. We talk about that a lot in, in our in our uh, in our our one on ones internally. You know, yeah. we're we're not the experts. The CPA is the one that's bringing this um, creditor incentive uh, deduction, you know, to to the table. We're mm-hmm. just here to help educate, and facilitate. Yeah, that's great work. Great work from John Hanning, uh, Brian Wages, folks, specialty tax group. Um, I can't imagine there aren't some folks that want to know more. So whether it's a CPA or whether it's a uh, individual client business, uh, let's give them directions on how they can find you. Yeah. Just a simple, uh, Google of, uh, especially tax group will, uh, lead you to our website. Um, you know, especially tax group.com, yep. uh, reach out. Uh, there, there are many different ways, uh, to reach out online, uh, by filling out some, uh, some one pagers, but, uh, our phone numbers are listed there as well. So feel free to give us a call and, uh, we'll walk through the different scenarios. Terrific. John Hanning, Brian Wages, uh, great to have both of you on. Thanks for the great work you're doing. Thanks, John. Hey, folks, just a quick thought for you. If you uh, have another little problem in your business, and that involves administrative tasks and bookkeeping and back office kind of work that really is keeping you away from the front part of the business, the sales part of the business, the revenue part. Uh, Well, I've got an answer for you that involves picking up the phone and calling the great folks at Office Angels, 770-442-9246. They have a team of angels that matches a business owner's support needs with angels. And they are angels because they use their services too. They've got talent and experience, and they come in and handle the work that's necessary to creating and maintaining a, a successful small business. If you have some of these issues that you'd like to clear up and you want to know more about their services, again, go to uh, officeangels.us or call 770-442-9246. 
And folks, North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. If you're not currently subscriber, a subscriber to the show, we would love it if you, and be grateful if you would do that. Uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and continue to do what you've always done, share the show. So if you've found something uh, here in this show that you think um, a colleague would be interested in, uh, please share the show. That's how we get uh, one way we get the work, uh, good word out, um, on the great work that business leaders like John and Brian are doing and all the, some 900 guests or so that we've had on the show over these years. So if you will continue to help us help them, we would appreciate it. So for my guest, John Hanning and Brian wages, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton business radio.